Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different angle. You know, it's really amazing to see, literally daily, hobbyists entering our little fun specialty of botanical style and blackwater aquariums. And wherever you have a sort of a gold rush of new people into a formerly misunderstood specialty in the hobby, you're bound to have more, I don't know, misunderstandings, right? I mean, more likely you have lots of enthusiasm, experiments, and cool tanks. However, you always seem to have some people trying to get to some point in the process of establishing their botanical-style blackwater aquariums as quickly as possible. Often, they look for hacks. Shit, I hate that term, hack. To many, it implies a sort of an inside way of doing stuff, a workaround of sorts. It's a term brought about by the internet age to justify doing things quickly, often skipping slower, more cautious procedure and to eliminate impatience because, you know, we're all so busy. I think it's sort of a sad commentary on the prevailing mindset of many people, particularly when applied to the aquarium hobby and the living organisms which command the bulk of our attention. Yet, we see it a lot. We need stuff quickly. We want a shortcut. Personally, I call it cheating. Yes, with what we do, a hack is trying to cheat nature, speed stuff up, make nature work on our schedules. Bad idea if you ask me. In our game of aquariums, particularly the blackwater botanical style ones, the idea of hacks seems sort of contrary to all that we proffer here. You know, patience, time, embracing the process, etc., etc. Yet, curiously, a fair amount of questions trickle in about how to achieve certain things quickly in our blackwater botanical style aquariums. And you know what the most common hack question we receive is? How do I get my tank to tint up faster? I swear, I'm totally serious. Faster. That's kind of funny, actually. This is literally how cool stuff is getting in our world, on the other hand. I mean, we went from an aquarium culture that was practically horrified at the prospect of a tank with brown water and decomposing leaves to one that is now impatient about achieving dark water and all of its alleged collateral benefits. Quickly, I might add. Interesting paradigms to shift of sorts, isn't it? Now, in all fairness, most of us understand that there are no true shortcuts in any part of the aquarium game, but I do understand that there is a certain degree of impatience with this stuff. The typical newbie to the tint world sees all these pics of cool tanks, of natural habitats that they've always dreamed of replicating, and even though he or she totally understands it's a natural process that takes time, wants to get in the game as quickly as possible. Think about it. Many of you have probably been a bit nervous and excited about doing Blackwater. It's a totally new look, a new approach, a new mindset, and you've deployed some mental energy to embracing it. You might have even been on the receiving end of some criticism from your Clearwater friends, and there are some unusual impacts created by the use of botanicals. So yeah, you're eager to at least see the water turn in color. Now here's the deal. I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that botanicals do seem to impart color, you know, some botanicals that is, do seem to impart color to the water more quickly than others. I honestly don't know if it's because they have more tannins in their surface tissues that leach out quickly upon immersion or if there's some other specific region. Did I say to see region? I think I meant recent. Sorry, you know, tend to get a little ahead of myself. Anyway, with botanicals like leaves, it's understandable because most of the popular ones that we use, with the exception of, say, like magnolia leaves or whatever, 
have really thin tissues that start to break down rather quickly after immersion, and they begin imparting these tannins to the water fairly fast. And of course, cones tend to break down quickly too, making them a favorite of, you know, tint hackers everywhere. Shit, I just used that term again, hack. Ah. Anyway, one observation that I've made, besides the fact that pretty much every botanical I've worked with seems to impart some tint to the water it's submerged in, is that some of the palm-derived products, like cocoa curls, nipa palm pods, etc., seem to impart a lot of color really quickly. In fact, nipa palm pods seem to pack a real wallop, delivering a pretty dark tint almost immediately after preparation. But the ultimate tint bombs, in my opinion, are bark pieces, specifically mangrove and catapa. And they rapidly leach out tannins to the point where you could have a significantly dark color in just a few days, depending on a few variables like tank size, current, etc. But significant nonetheless. In my new aquarium, by utilizing what essentially amounts to a little over one full portion of what I would normally sell retail of catapa bark, and I broke it up into little pieces, boiled it, and put it into the tank, um, in about three or four days, my water is dark enough to the point where it's, I actually want to lighten it up a little bit, believe it or not. It's really dark. And, um, you know, it's funny that we're awful hung up on the visual cues, the tint, of course, when one makes a leap of faith and goes against the grain in aquaristics, tossing all sorts of leaves and seed pods to decompose in his or her display tank, I guess it just makes sense that we want to see something for this leap of faith, you know, investment. Oh, and on at least a few occasions when dealing with a frustrated hobbyist whose tank just didn't seem to tint up after repeated additions of botanicals, we discovered that they were using rather substantial amounts of activated carbon in their filters. That's like bye-bye tint, it takes it right out. So think about that too. And there is an increasing body of evidence to support the assertion that many aquatic plants are able to uptake tannins from the water directly. Now I admit I simply don't have the scientific background to confirm this, but it is entirely logical. Uh, in the limited research I've done on the topic, I found that many plants are thought by science to, you know, to utilize tannins. Tannins are thought to protect the, vener- you know, the vulnerable substance, the structures of the plants from microbial attacks. And tannins and polyphenols, which is the stuff that's in leaves and botanicals, remember that, are known to influence the growth, the development, and the reproduction of plants. So this does make a lot of sense. Now, my personal experiences with this, I don't know, visual tannin depletion syndrome. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, has not borne this out. However, I haven't seen this, you know, occur in tanks with aquatic plants myself, and that doesn't mean anything. There could be hundreds of possible variables variables over here, and the fact that many people are bringing this up to me tells me there's something there. Yet, interestingly enough, in terrestrial plants, tannins are known to interfere with potassium and iron uptake when found in heavy concentration in soils. So, I mean, this stuff, this information is like really all over the place and the possible implications for the presence of tannins in aquariums containing aquatic plants is likely significant and needs some further exploration. Yes, some people with heavily planted aquariums do seem to have trouble maintaining that visual tint. As you can see here, there's so much that we're clueless about that we can only call it an interesting phenomenon at this point. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of science out there too for those willing to dig for it. In our limited experience, a lot of what we know is anecdotal, yet I think there's something interesting there to research and consider further. Me not being a super planted person, the the topic does not really cross my radar to the point where I'm compelled to really go for it. But for those of you with the interest, I suggest that you maybe do a little research, see see what's going on. Now, to be clear, once again, this is really a a piece that today's podcast and blog, just on the aesthetics of tinted water and the importance of patience which need to be deployed by the aquarist to get there safely we're not really getting into the chemistry or science behind this within the scope of this particular piece 
I admit, not only is a lot of this beyond my ability to discuss logically, it's extremely challenging for me to even comprehend some of this stuff above the most superficial aspects of it. There's simply so much we don't know, again, which is why I absolutely cringe when I see definitive, you know, definitive bold statements and assertions about some of this stuff on hobby forums, which with little in the way of solid research or even personal experience to back up such claims. However, it's important as a general rule to understand that once again that anything, botanicals, rocks, substrate, whatever we place into a closed aquatic ecosystem will have some impact on the aquatic environment. Not necessarily chemical in, in the case of, say, inert materials such as plastics and maybe some substrates, but definitely a physical impact of some sort. It's not a big leap of faith to understand this concept. I admit, however, that there is, you know, it's significant to understand or even start to comprehend the science behind it. You're pulling from multiple scientific disciplines as well as from the practical art and practice of aquarium keeping. It's just a lot to absorb. And yeah, there's that whole pH thing. We all know by now that you can't, you know, typically can't take water that has a pH of 8.2 and a hardness of 10 dKH or whatever and expect to rapidly drop it to 6.2 with a dKH of like 2 simply by tossing in catapa leaves. You know, if the water in your aquarium or or in your, out of your tap is just plain old hard, you're not likely to see the pH decrease by any meaningful measure with just the addition of a typical load of botanical materials in your tank. It requires ion exchange and other things which we've talked about repeatedly here and which are well known to the aquarium world. You need to have softer water, i.e. water with less carbonate hardness, to more effectively impact the pH levels using botanicals. And you'll need to read up on managing pH in low carbonate hardness environments. It's all out there. And it's easier to find than ever before. And it absolutely drives me crazy when someone asks a seemingly simple question on, you know, on the DM or whatever that's actually rather complex and requires a fundamental understanding which is out there before you can even make sense of the answer. Of course, people want the quick answer without the education. I get it, I suppose. But in the absence of willingness to do the research, you don't have to accept an answer which really leads to more questions. Education is important. The amount of ignorance on this subject you know, among hobbyists is really stunning. The science behind aquarium water chemistry, specifically pH and hardness management, is well understood and studied, and it's been documented in aquarium literature by very capable, scientifically trained authors and hobbyists for generations. The information is there for the taking. There are no excuses for not being able to grasp this if you're not, you know, if you're interested and you're not sure what's going on. Google is amazing. Don't be fucking lazy. And the idea of, you know, botanicals impacting water parameters in our tanks, you can't expect miracles. On the other hand, you can expect changes and disasters if you act rashly and stupidly. Sorry, no sugarcoating here. We've talked about this ad nauseum over the past few years. There is no excuse for not making the effort to at least try to understand what you're doing in your aquariums. And trying to understand isn't just posting a WTF question on a forum. It means rolling up your sleeves and researching. And it means monitoring your aquarium, learning what's normal or a deviation from normal. You can and should monitor basic water chemistry parameters during your entire tint process, and you should be extra slow and careful when adding botanicals to existing aquariums with fish populations. We say it over and over, but would it, it would simply be reckless and totally irresponsible for, those, for us to just tout all the benefits of stuff without counseling you on the potential dangers. We've done crazy stuff repeatedly with botanicals in our own test aquariums, stuff you'd never want to do in your own tanks in the interest of finding out what could go wrong, and stuff can go wrong. In almost every case, the worst thing you can do is add a large quantity of materials to an existing populated stable aquarium all at once or in a very short time span. And by that I mean like two or three days or so. 
it's just flat out bad practice. Rapid environmental changes of all sorts are extremely stressful to fishes, if not fatal. Even the materials being introduced, you know, even if they're properly prepared, you're still putting fishes at risk by rushing things. Under certain circumstances, pH can drop quickly. Biofilters can become overwhelmed. Dissolved oxygen levels could drop quickly. Some animals may display extraordinary sensitivity to changes. There are events, they're rare, but they do happen. They happen when we push for hacks or try to circumvent logic. If you roll the dice by rushing things, you might dodge the bullet once or twice, but eventually gambling with the lives of your fishes will come back and bite you on the ass. It's just that simple. Don't rush the process. We don't, and you shouldn't either. And all the beautiful tanks you see featured here and on our social media feeds didn't get that way quickly. And the aquarists who manage these beauties, they didn't rush the process to get there. They were patient. Perhaps they were impatient at some point, but went through the school of hard knocks and accepted the realities of hacking things. And once they did that, they became very patient. You'll become patient too. It's the only way to succeed with these types of aquariums. I know there are more and more vendors pushing botanicals on their sites and all kinds of buzz about it and shows and so forth. And that's great. It's great for the hobby. Yet, those of you that are just selling stuff, I challenge you to do more than simply try to sell shit. Educate your consumers. Share the research and experiences, good and bad, which you've no doubt had with these things. And point them to a scientific and other resources on these and tangential subjects, just like we've been doing for several years now. Don't just rely, rely on what I blog about or some article in a hobby magazine somewhere or what you find on one page of Wikipedia. You want to help grow and foster this movement? Get down and dirty and educate, share, and enlighten. That's how you advance this movement for everybody's benefit. Are there ways to speed things up? Yes and no. <laughs> Helpful, right? Again, if you want to get a visual tint more quickly, we suggest that you incorporate some of the materials discussed you know, previously here into your initial load of botanicals. But go slowly. Enjoy watching the tint sort of turn on and see your microcosm evolve. Color, as we've discussed, is only the tip of the iceberg. The most visual manifestation of what's happening chemically and ecologically in your aquariums. And yeah, there's a ton that we don't understand here. There are always trade-offs and consequences for attempting to speed up natural processes. Some are good, some inconsequential, some utterly disastrous. The speed at which this stuff happens is dictated by nature and helped or hindered by your actions. There's an old <laughs> expression in reef keeping that nothing good happens quickly in a reef tank. And I think you could definitely take out the reef part and apply this logic to any aquarium type. So hacking in the context of a botanical style blackwater aquarium is a potentially detrimental, even lethal thing. I mean, developing better procedures, some which will save time, is a cool thing in a natural evolution based on confidence, experience, and a better understanding of the craft, you know, based on our collective experience. However, just trying to get from point A to point D as quickly as possible because you're in a hurry, not only is foolish, it denies you and all those who come after the knowledge gained from learning and experiencing the wonders of nature. It's a journey. This is the part of the whole game, you know, with botanical style blackwater aquariums. Remember that part of the fun is creating your own little aquatic world and seeing the reactions of your animals and the overall aesthetics of your aquarium change regularly. That's extremely enjoyable. You should make it a habit of taking pics of your aquarium and journaling things from the start to see for yourself and share with others the amazing and very distinct changes that occur as your system evolves and over time. Oh, and yeah, you'll be surprised how dark the water can get in a relatively brief span of time. So don't look for hacks, no shortcuts, no rushing the process. Simply embracing and enjoying the journey at every phase is a really great thing. It's totally worth it. That's today's simple, undoubtedly ass-kicking, but nonetheless important reminder. Stay patient. 
Stay observant. Stay resourceful. Stay emerged. Stay engaged. Stay in control. Stay educated. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman. Thanks very much for spending part of your day with me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.